The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Uh, today's reading is our final, for now, excerpt from uh, Seneca's letter number one on using and wasting time. Uh, and the excerpt says... Uh, here we go. Uh, you may desire to know how I, who preach to you so freely, am practicing. I confess frankly, my expense account balances, as you would expect from one who is free-handed but careful. I cannot boast that I waste nothing, but I can at least tell you what I am wasting, and the cause and manner of the loss. I can give you the reasons why I am a poor man. My situation, however, is the same as that of many who are reduced to slender means through no fault of their own. Everyone forgives them, but no one comes to their rescue. So, likewise, I say, you may desire to know how I, who preach to you so freely, am practicing in terms of my time uh, expenditure and uh, uh, using and wasting. So, um, again, just a little bit of biographical uh, background here. Uh, I was a high school Rebbe at uh, Midrashet Shalhevet uh, Girls High School in uh, North Woodmere for 10 years. Uh, and then our school closed down permanently uh, uh, as a result of uh, complications from COVID. Um, and I got two new jobs this year. One is as director of student learning at my uh, yeshiva alma mater. Is that what you would call a yeshiva? Uh, yeshiva B'nai Torah in Far Rockaway. And, uh, and then we created a, a, a women's program for our um, are now 12th graders who, um, or the, the, the girls who would have been 12th graders in Shalhavet. So um, two completely new schedules, two completely new programs, two completely new sets of responsibilities. And I did what was rational to do, which was that I um, immediately used all of my same processes um, that I had, that had served me well in high school um, and, uh, you know, made those into my routines for this year. Um, I've always prided myself on uh, good time management and discipline and scheduling and all that stuff. Um, and so I was pretty confident that, um, even though these were, uh, this was a new set of, of everything, uh, then I'd be able to, to thrive. So what happened <laughs> was, um, in my life as a high school teacher, I would, I taught anywhere from 22 to 24 periods, uh, per week, uh, on average, depending on the year. Uh, and now in this new job for this past semester, I taught 30 periods, uh, per week. Um, and this was not just in the morning and the afternoon, like high school, this was morning, afternoon and evening. Um, and, uh, a combination of many things, including many, uh, stress stressors from the pandemic, uh, also contributed to, um, and lack of my usual social outlets, um, contributed to a lot of burnout. Uh, I had several major burnouts, um, in the first semester. And so when I was on my winter break at the end of January, I decided that I need to change stuff. Um, if anything's going to work. Um, so I, um, I encountered something. So one of my favorite Bruce Lee quotations, which I had not applied to time management was, um, he says, one does not accumulate, but eliminate. It is not daily increase, but daily decrease. The height of cultivation always runs to simplicity. And the longer version of that, or the more elaborate version of that, I, I believe I read on episode, uh, an earlier episode, Marcus Aurelius, uh, book four, chapter 24, uh, an excerpt from Thoreau, again from Walden. Uh, he says, our life is frittered away by detail. An honest man has hardly need to count more than his 10 fingers, or in extreme cases, he may add his 10 toes and lump the rest. Simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. 
I say, let your affairs be as two or three, and not a hundred or a thousand. Instead of a million, count half a dozen, and keep your accounts on your thumbnail. On your thumbnail, in the midst of this chopping sea of civilized life, such are the clouds and storms and quicksands and a th and thousand and one items to be allowed for that a man has to live if he would not founder and go to the bottom and not make his port at all by dead reckoning, and he must be a great calculator who indeed who succeeds simplify simplify instead of three meals meals a day if it be necessary eat but one instead of a hundred dishes five and reduce other things in proportion so clearly the, the message is simplify right but easier said than done um and especially because i you know i i'm a workaholic and a perfectionist and i put in you know tons of work into all the classes i teach and what i found was happening was i would basically be waking up i usually wake up at about 5 30 between 5 30 and 6 and immediately I would start working. I would have, you know, get my coffee, uh, which I, you know, before davening, no hetero shaming here. Um, and, uh, I would work, um, on my, my, uh, my classes for the day, including this podcast. And then I would take a break for, for chakras. And then I would go back to working until my morning class, uh, my morning shear in yeshiva, go to yeshiva, teach there, continue preparing, uh, drive to Lomdeha, uh, teach one or two or three classes there, drive back, eat a quick lunch, drive back to yeshiva, give my afternoon shear, come back, have a my only break in the day, which was either three or four hours total, um, uh, depending on the day. Uh, you know, <laughs> try to relax, but really not be able to relax because I would feel compelled to prepare for my evening shirim. Um, make dinner, eat dinner, walk to yeshiva, give one or two of my evening shirim, and then come back and then basically go to sleep and start all over again. So, so the 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 strain was real. You know, the the constant working was real. So, what I have done. Uh, over my winter break is I've set up what I initially called changes I will make for a spring semester, but we know that um, it's easier to bite off more than you can chew uh, when making resolution type things. Um, and one of the um, recommendations I make to my own students uh, when they're trying to change habits in their lives is to make changes on a temporary basis. So I retitled this list uh, changes I will uh, experiments I will conduct during February. So I'm trying several, uh, it was really uh, 10 or 11, depending on how you count them, experiments um, to make my life less stressed out and use my time better. Um, and I'm trying them out for February. Best case scenario, uh, they work and my life is less stressed out and I'm less prone to, to burnout. Worst case scenario, I learn what didn't work and I try a different experiment for March. So I'm not going to share all of them, but what I did want to share was... Um, was, uh, I think, two of the biggest changes, uh, because uh, even if your life is different than mine, which presumably it is, uh, then maybe you can uh, uh, adapt this uh, to your own um, schedule. So like I mentioned, I would wake up and immediately start preparing for shear. Um, over the break, uh, I every winter break, I go and I rent some cabin in the woods or in the mountains, and I just read and read and learn basically without any uh, access to the outside world for... Um, you know, for four or five days. Um, and so I did that this trip and, um, I love that experience and I find it very refreshing. And I, I, uh, I get to read nonfiction during the week, which is something that, you know, I, I'm so busy preparing for my shirim that I really don't have time to read nonfiction during the week. Uh, I read fiction before I go to sleep because I can't think about nonfiction before I go to sleep. Uh, it wakes me up, um, or I can't think about it. And then on Shabbos, I read nonfiction, but I really would love to read fiction, nonfiction during the week. So, what I realized, so that was one problem. And then, as I mentioned, the other problem was waking up and immediately starting to prepare. So what I realized is, how about if I wake up at the same time, 5.30 or 6, and I don't turn on my laptop or phone until 7.30. So no matter what time davening is, 
I wake up, I have my coffee, and I read nonfiction at leisure, and then I daven, and then I uh, continue reading nonfiction. Maybe if I need to prepare, I'll start preparing, but I won't access my uh, emails and and make contact with the outside world. And that way I get like this little mini vacation every morning um, and it puts my mind at ease. Okay, so that's that's one strategy. The other strategy, uh, which I talked about last Friday uh, or the experiment I talked about last Friday was the the spending a full hour doing nothing. Um, So I don't think I can implement that in my my working life. But what I've done is I've decided to devote a half an hour a day to uh, to doing nothing, to mindfulness meditation, just sitting in a chair with my eyes closed. and I, uh, be, in order to make a habit stick, you know, it's really good to uh, uh, specify a time and location uh, for the habit, not just to have a vague goal. So I actually outlined on each day of the week when I intend to do this. Um, and I liked, I'd like to do a half an hour uh, all in one shot. Uh, but if for some reason I can't, then I will be totally fine splitting it up and doing, like say, like 10 minutes here and 20 minutes there or 15, 15 and I, most days I do this when I get home from yeshiva in my afternoon shear and I do it right before my, my break, you know, my break in the afternoon. And, uh, it really helps me to, um, to transition into a state of relaxation and to take more advantage of my break. Now, what do these two strategies have in common? Um, is that you would think that if my schedule was filled to the brim with, with activity, then cutting out available time would be bad. Okay. But that's exactly what I did is I'm cutting out uh, essentially an hour or an hour and a half in the morning where I'm not working and then uh, on, on, you know, directly on stuff I'm teaching. And I'm also cutting out an hour each afternoon of doing nothing. So that's two hours. So how does that work? (laughs) So I saw this Seneca quotation, which is actually from uh, the next letter we're doing next week, but it, the, the theme doesn't really uh, match Uh, that letter is about friendship, but he has a line at the end, which I actually first saw quoted in Tim Ferriss's book, the four hour work week, which I'm reading right now. Um, Seneca says, love of bustle is not industry. It is only the restlessness of a hunted mind. And it's not that I, it's not that I only did things for the sake of being busy, but what I realized is that busy, just because I'm busy and active does not mean that it's necessary. And that, you know, like the Ramam says, when you find yourself at one extreme of a character trait, then sometimes uh, the advisable path is to go to the opposite extreme until you can find the middle path. And so what I, I've essentially done is cut two hours out of my schedule of time that had been spent working and made it into leisure, productive leisure time, but leisure time for myself, for taking care of myself. And um, I'm pretty confident. I mean, it's been uh, two weeks so far, or I guess a week and a half. I'm pretty confident that this is a really good change. And what I'm finding is, look, there's no chance of me being lazy. Like that's just never been a thing for me. So any like stupid, irrational worries I have of, oh, you know, I'm not going to get stuff done. No, no, no. I'm, I'm matched anyways. Like I'll get stuff done. Like I know myself, I know myself for a very long time, uh, at least in that regard. Um, and so, uh, I, there's no worry of not getting stuff done. Uh, and, um, and the other thing is I watched, I'm watching this documentary, uh, the last dance on Netflix about Michael Jordan. Now I don't know anything about baseball, uh, baseball. I don't know anything about basketball. Um, this is the first I've seen of any of this stuff. And uh, there was this period, I guess, where he injured his foot and uh, and he really wanted to play. And like his doctor said no and his his uh, managers, administrators, whatever you call them, said no. So they came up with a compromise, which is that he could play for seven minutes um, each game uh, or each quarter, halftime. I don't know what you call basketball stuff. Um, and uh, But the point is, is that 
as soon as the seven minutes were up, then they pulled him off the court no matter what. And so what, what he had to do and what they had to do is they had to make the seven minutes count, you know, and that's what I stress to my students. You know, I, I've, I've taught a study skills class in high school for the last uh, seven or eight years. Um, and time management is a big thing, especially around midterms and finals. And, um, and the, the main, uh, you know, the main point I try to drive home to them, especially during midterms is that it's not that there's a mistake that people make, which is the more hours I spend studying, then the better the results. But really, it's the 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 higher quality of the time that I spend, the better results. And instead of working, uh, you know, ten hours a day, if you can get two hours of productivity before you know you you drop off, then you're going to get way more out of um out of your your time that you spend than you would if you if you maximize the hours. So um, and similarly, I tell them that you know I uh, in high school and in undergrad. And in graduate school, um, I maintained, you know, 4.0 GPA. Uh, but once I became Jewish, which was in the 11th grade, and, you know, despite all of the double curriculum and learning Hebrew and all that stuff, I never worked on Motei Shabbos. And I never worked on uh, Friday afternoon. And I certainly never studied on Shabbos. Um, uh, and, and, and my students are always, like, aghast at that. Like, how could you not study on Shabbos? Like, you know, Aren't you going to like fall behind? And I told them, you need to give your mind a rest. Um, and if you give your mind a rest on Shabbos and, you know, I, I, it's a high bar to not work on Moti Shabbos, but like, you know, you need time to have fun and enjoy yourself. If you give yourself a rest in those two, you know, a, a significant period of rest, at least 24 hours on Shabbos, then you become recharged on Sunday and then you get to be more productive in your work. Um, and I believe the Rabag, I, I'm just thinking of this now, I believe the Rabag has... Uh, an interpretation on the Pazak. So six days shall you labor and do all your work, and on the seventh day is a day of rest for Hashem. And um, I believe somewhere he says that the one day of rest actually makes you more productive in the six days of work than if you had just done seven days of work. Um, and uh, I'm a strong believer in that. But again, uh, habits uh, habits are hard to break, and momentum is easy to to stick with. That's what makes it momentum. And so, you know, I, um, I was so used to operating in my high school schedule that, um, uh, that I just didn't bother to change things and just assume that those same routines will work. Um, I found out by burning out that it doesn't work. Uh, what's the quotation they attribute to Einstein that insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. And so I knew I couldn't do the same thing again. And so, yeah, I'm trying these experiments. Um, uh, and, uh, I actually wanted to entitle this episode chronogenesis, uh, which is a term I thought I made up, which is the creation of time, like how to create time. Uh, but apparently that term means something in biology. Um, so, but that's what I call it is the art. Of, you know, we only have uh, 24 hours a day, um, but you can create time. There are ways to create time uh, by just being smarter with the time that you use as, as Seneca's whole point has been. Uh, and, and, you know, and Tim Ferriss in the chapter where, um, you know, where I read that Seneca quote uh, quotation, um, uh, says, uh, I can't find the book right now, but he says that, um, you know, if we only had eight hours, a day, if we have eight hours a day, we tend to fill that. If we had 15 hours a day, we will fill that too. So there's something irrational about that, about the fact that like we, we would, you know, it, in other words, if we really cared about the, uh, I guess, measuring how much time tasks need, then we would take that amount of time. It wouldn't fluctuate based on the availability. Uh, the availability, and what I've found is again that I just fill in all of the available time, um, and uh, and that's again where this advice of um, of the bustle 
that love of bustle is not industry. Uh, it is only the, the restlessness of a hunted mind. Um, that's where that comes in. So anyway, um, I know this went longer than my usual episodes. And I also know that it is more personal than, uh, than either about Stoicism or Judaism. But, you know, one of the things I like about Seneca as opposed to Marcus Aurelius is Marcus Aurelius is very philosophical, but Seneca is very practical. Um, and my, you know, my favorite safer is Michelet in Tanakh, and it's all about practical decision making. And so I feel like if we only went over the ideas but didn't translate them into practicality, um, then we would really be missing <laughs> the essence. Um, and so I felt like, you know, I, I don't know what your use of time is, but the best I can do is just illustrate how I'm applying these principles to my life. And then maybe you can, uh, adapt them to yours as well. Um, and look, if you have any, you know, I, this goes without saying, if you have any questions, you know, or, or cases uh, that you want to work on, see, now I'm catching myself. I was going to say, email me and we'll talk about it. And then I'm realizing, no, 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 that's just going to create more work for myself. But truth is it's not work if we are discussing strategies that improve our lives. And so, I mean, it is work, but it's work that pays off tremendous dividends. Uh, and, uh, I'd be happy to, 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 you know, bounce around ideas with you, um, and, uh, and learn stuff for myself about how to engage in chronogenesis and create more time. Okay. That is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Uh, the link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone, and thank you especially to those patrons who do give me feedback. Um, you know, even something simple like, oh, I really like that episode, and here's why, helps me to have, you know, to not be, uh, what, did he, what did he call it, what did Thoreau call it, a dead reckoner, you know, finding finding the port by dead reckoning, you know, I I talk about what I find valuable, but you know, there is an audience of, of people who listen to this and that's you. And if I know what you are interested in, then we can hopefully find something that's the best of both worlds. So thank you again.